Since the beginning of the church, persecution has been part of the Christian experience. In fact, the Bible tells us that all who seek to live a godly life will be persecuted. Today, an estimated 360 million Christians are living under severe religious restriction. On this podcast, we share their stories. And we answer the question, how can American Christians live as Christ in an increasingly hostile culture? The way of the persecuted is the harder way. And this is the Harder Way Podcast. Well, hello, friends. I'm Scott. And I'm Maddie. And welcome back to the Harder Way Podcast. Wow, we're glad you're with us today. Or are we? Today we're talking about... (laughs) We're not glad. We're not thankful at all for any of our listeners. That's sarcasm. Hey, we're, uh, we are we are glad you're here with us today. We want to talk about something uh, that kind of uh, hits all of our lives. And uh, believe it or not, this topic has a harder way angle that we can talk about how we can deal with this in the harder way. And the thing I want to talk about today, Maddie, is lies and deceptions. Lies and deceptions. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that seems pretty straightforward, right? As Christians, we know we shouldn't lie. We're supposed to be truthful and honest, but what is it that you're wanting to talk about that you think really has that harder way angle? Well, first of all, that there are different kinds of lies. Oh, okay. I mean, every lie is a sin. Right. Yeah, exactly. We know lying, lying is a sin in case anybody out there didn't know that. Right. Lying is a sin. And we have biblical examples of people lying and it's never positive. A couple of times it has positive results eventually, but- Mm -hmm. If you uh, remember, we had our episode we did on Ananias and Sapphira. Bad. That did not end well. Either it did in death. Yeah. But like with Abraham and Sarah. Oh, yeah. Multiple times. Multiple times. And it worked out okay, but he, he didn't have to lie. Yeah. Rahab, mm-hmm. she lied. So there's times when people tell lies, and, and it's a great topic for ethical discussions on is it okay to lie? When is it okay to lie? Oh, that that age old question that's asked in every ethics class. Is it okay? Would it be okay to lie if you were hiding Jews in your house during the Holocaust? Right. You know, that whole thing. Right. And so, you know, the policy that we've taken as Bible couriers is that we just let the Lord say whatever comes out, uh, give us the reply of our lips. So, submitting your your tongue to the Lord, basically. mm -hmm. And just, I remember one time someone was asked, they had that were taking one of our teams. It was, uh, I wasn't on this mission, but it was a, a group that was taking in English Bibles for Chinese Christians who were learning English. And so when the, the, the Chinese stop, uh, public security bureau, bureau stopped the couriers at the border and said, well, what are these? They said, well, they're, they just, they're books. Well, what kind of books? Well, they're books in English. Okay. So they didn't lie, and they just but they, and they and they really didn't stop in their mind and say, "This is how I'm going to deceive the guards." They no, really just they said what God brought to mind. What God brought to mind, and so that was enough for the person. I'm sure if the person had pressed the issue and said, "What specific kind of books are these?" Maybe they would have said spiritually educational, but <laughs> history. But then they, good books. Good books, uh, but eventually. It's a classic, really. Just the classics. So. It's a classic. That's right. It's a best, bestseller. It's a bestseller. Best-selling book in human history, right. actually. Right. Most printed book ever. Well, you know, as we as we enter into, and I, and I really feel like this these, this topic will come up more as we go into the, 
this season in America, we know we call it the political season. And we we really don't want to be political, but we have to acknowledge that we live in a world that is very political. Unfortunately, right we do. And now probably more than ever, at least in my, you know, 50 some odd years here on earth, I've never seen it this political. Mm. You know, I mean, it's, it is. Everything really, is politicized at this point. And the problem is, is that politics, is, it, it contains a fine art of lying and deception and half truths. And, yeah. you know, and, and so sometimes it can be for me kind of fun because I'll listen to politicians and I can pick up on their tells. Oh, like this person always does this when they're lying or they always adjust their pants this way or. Or like they'll, there's one that will say, I really mean it, or I'm not kidding. And you're oh, like, no. oh, you just told a big lie. And there's another one that'll laugh afterwards, this weird laugh. And it, and it's like they're saying, ha, 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 are you buying what I'm, are you buying what I'm selling? Did you catch that I have no clue what I'm talking about? Interesting. Right. Another one, I remember one used to bite his lip when he was really trying to, really trying to fake. Trying to be sincere. Fake, yeah, sincerity. But you could tell he was you know? lying. And then, you know, a lot of them, they'll, oh, I'm a Christian and I love Jesus, but they don't go to church. But even if they, but and even if they, they don't know church, anything about the Bible and, and they, they don't, <laughs> and they don't do the things that the Bible says. And you're like, I wonder if you're telling me the truth or not. But in this political season, uh, I'm starting to see it now. There's so many half truths, so many dishonest things. And I, and I, and, and so you can really get caught up in trying to, dig deep and find the truth behind a whole bunch of stuff. But, you know, I was talking to a brother the other day and uh, he's a smart guy, really, really smart guy, engineer and a very spiritually mature guy. And he, I was asking him something and, and about politics or did you see this? or Did you hear about that? Just trying to make small talk. Yeah. And he said, you know, that's for the world. That's not for me. I, I'm concerned with the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Jesus is my politician. He's he's my he's my king, and he's all the only person I'm concerned about. And I figure he'll put the people in charge he wants to charge. Mm -hmm. And the Lord, you know, he said in the garden, the Lord told us to to subdue the earth, not for let the earth subdue us. And if I let politics rule me, the earth is subduing me. It's wow. the way of the serpent. That's really, a, that's than the a, way of man. That is a great description. That's a great way to say that. Because that's really how I feel. I try to stay as far away from anything political as I can. I remember someone saying one time when we were talking about, oh, well, do you think that these people are doing this? Or, you know, all this kind of big conspiracy theory talk about different organizations and stuff. And the guy just goes, well, that's really none of my business. <laughs> And I said, you know what? You're completely right. That's that's none of our business. And I thought that was good. Yeah, because kind of digressing from our topic, but you know, if we if you think about it, there's so much to know in God's word. There's even so much to learn in God's world. Because you can learn a lot about God just from nature. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we know that nature, creation, is the first witness to the existence of God and the first witness to the gospel, really. Right, right. And so that's how we say everyone has, and that's what, part of what Paul's talking about in the first three chapters of Romans when he's making the case that everybody is without excuse. Yes, and he talks about the fact mm -hmm. that just by the creation, we should all know mm -hmm. that there is a creator. Yeah, and we all, we all have God's thumbprint on us, and we should be looking for that guy. Whose thumbprint is that? Yeah. And if we do, he'll reveal himself to us. 
Yeah. So it's not it's not like God's hiding out going, nope, I'm not going to reveal myself to you. If you're looking, you're going to find him. Anyway, so so back to, to these lies and deceptions. You know, there are a lot of lies that we tell ourselves. And they're they're and they're usually for the purpose of making ourselves feel better. They're our own yeah. balm or medicine or ointment that we put on our over our weaknesses. A coping mechanism, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, and the, the harder way, as we've been talking about it in these last almost sixty podcasts now. Yeah, and especially the first two. If you go back and listen to the first, the core messages of the harder way preparing for religious persecution and the Don's two messages, his kind of his big messages. Yeah. You're going to get a real picture of what this whole thing's all about and our, and our, especially our first few messages that we did as well. But when you're talking about the harder way and how to, and how to live on the harder way, we, we recognize that faith is an antidote to the fear that causes us to lie to ourselves. Because at the root of those lies for ourselves is fear. I'm afraid I'm not enough. I'm afraid I'm not smart enough. So I deceive myself by only surrounding myself with people that I'm smarter than or by only discussing topics that I'm an expert in. Mm. Right? So you, that's pretty common, honestly. People who really always common. will bring the conversation back to the one thing that they really know a lot about. Mm-hmm. And anytime you try to be like, talk about this for a little bit, let's talk about something else, they find any way to bring it back. Yeah, You know, they'll make 20 jumps in the conversation just to bring it back to that one thing that they feel really confident in. Right. And I mean, like, I love learning new things. So I, I don't, I like to not be the expert on everything. You know, I, I mean, I'm probably an expert on a few things, but, or maybe one thing, but I'm not expert on most things. And I, and I like to learn. The only challenge is sometimes you meet up with somebody who's got a character flaw and you come humbly and, oh, so you ask, you're asking them about how to, you know, to properly to fit the piping into their bathroom or something because they're an expert of that. And they talk to you like you're really like dumb. Mm. And you, and then I feel sad for them because I think it used to make me upset, but now I feel sad for them. I think, wow, you must be really broken inside to have to try to crush somebody. To make yourself feel. Yeah. And not just not saying that I didn't do that when I was younger. I used to, somebody would be really nasty to me and I would try to crush them intellectually and mercilessly, but uh, Jesus saved me. So I'm not doing that anymore. Well, because I think that's a lie that people tell themselves is that if I can make another person feel or look or seem smaller, Mm -hmm. then I will feel or look or seem bigger. Oh, yeah. I think that's a big lie that a lot of us tell ourselves. It certainly is. It certainly is. And we, going to the political thing, we see politicians doing that about each other, and they seize on each other's weaknesses. Some of the things they say about each other, I mean, it's terrible when you think about it. Just because you disagree with somebody, you know, and obviously, you know, you look at the different sides of the aisle and even though it's still wrong, you can understand, okay, well, they think that this other opponent is this super immoral, horrible person. So this is why they're saying these things. Not that they should, but you can understand maybe why they would. Mm-hmm. But the way that they will just eviscerate people who are on their same team, right? Mm-hmm. Like you look at primary debates and the way that politicians will just eat each other alive and try to attack every single little thing about each other. 
You're like, oh my goodness, no wonder you don't have any real Christians up there because how could a real Christian in good conscience ever get up and treat anyone that way? And when we say real Christian, we're not saying born again, not born again. We're saying someone whose life is bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, because obviously we can't say about these people that we don't know whether or not they're born again or not. I think obviously, you know, if somebody says, oh, I'm a Christian, but then when they say what they believe, it's not Christianity, then it would actually be an example of a lie or a deception that some people tell themselves or other people, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Okay, what do she believe? Let's dig deeper on that because, like, let's let's say I say to you, well, you know, God is love, and so we just have to love everyone. You know, is there a lie in that? Oh, this is a really good one because it is absolutely true that as Christians, we are called to love everyone. Oh. It is absolutely true that God is love. But here's the problem. There are a lot of lies and deceptions in our culture about what love is and what it means that God's love and about what it means to love other people. And so we have gotten to a point in our society where we equate love with tolerance mm-hmm. or we equate love with unconditional acceptance of behaviors, beliefs, what have you. Right. That it's only loving for you to look at everyone around you and say, without any exceptions. I fully and wholeheartedly support everything you believe, everything that you do, everything that you are. And that is simply not what the love we see in the Bible, what how we see love described in scripture, right? right? Because here's the thing, God is love, which means God is the fullness of love. The 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 biggest concept of what love could ever be, that's God. So But we're also told that God is truth, Mm. right? And so anything that is relying upon lies and deceptions cannot be from God and thus cannot be loving. So if if I'm lying to myself, it may not be, you may need to have some spiritual sensitivity to, to know when God's timing is for you to perhaps confront me about my lie to myself. Yes, you always want to be discerning in that and discerning of your own motivations. Am I out to really help this person or am I just feeling like I want to make myself feel better by calling you out on something so that you're doing? So at a minimum, you should be praying for me. Uh, yes, bare minimum. Praying in a bare minimum. <laughs> always be But praying. what you should not be doing is saying, oh, I want to love you and and so I'm just going to accept that, that untruth, that false thing about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... When we look at scripture, we see, I mean, one of the greatest examples we can use is in John 3.16. When we properly translate that verse, it doesn't say, for God so loved the world, unless you're speaking the way we spoke English 500 years ago. It means this, it actually means this is how God loved the world. Or if God loved the world in this way. Or in this, in the way it's translated, it would be like that, right? So in other words, how do they do it? He sent his son, Hmm. right? So he did that so that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. Would not perish, but have eternal life. Right. So, wow. 
So what is that? What is his love? Love has a purpose and the purpose is delivering and delivering unto what? Unto eternal relationship yes. with God. So, or you could say unto life, which is. So the, so the, the, the whole truth is our love should be a delivering love. God's truth, mm -hmm. God's timing, and then to God. Right, delivering to God, delivering to God's kingdom, delivering to God's good. Yes. But our our love should not be delivering or or just leaving somebody where they're at, accepting sin, tolerating you know things that are harmful to a person. That's not love. No, and that's one of the ways that we deceive ourselves is when we convince ourselves that that is love, mm -hmm. that the most loving thing to do is just to leave people alone, that the right. most loving thing to do is to go along to get along. And going back right to where we started off, that lie makes you feel better. Yes. Yeah, exactly. now I'm not having to confront or I'm not living in opposition. I'm not having to carry anybody's burden. I'm not having to be my brother's keeper. I'm not having to, sh you know, mm -hmm. the Bible tells us to carry one another's burdens. I'm not having to do that. I'm, I'm relieved of that because, you know, hey, man, to each his own. Yeah. Well, I think that many of the lies that we tell ourselves, what they do is they mitigate conviction. Right. And as Christians, so much of our lives are reliant upon conviction, because just like we touched on last week and we've talked about it many times on this podcast before, Christianity is based upon principles. It's not based upon rules and laws. Right. Right. And so because it's based upon principles, so much of what we do is going to be based on personal conviction from the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and discernment as to what our motivations are, what we should or shouldn't be doing in a particular situation. And so there are times when we are going to be convicted to do or not do things, say or not say things. And many of the lies that we tell ourselves, we tell those lies to ourselves so that we can get rid of that feeling of conviction. Maybe I don't want to do that thing or say that thing, or maybe I want to, and I feel convicted not to, right? And so we deceive ourselves to make us feel better about doing or not doing whatever that thing is. Now, just as a warning or just as a caveat, there are some people that are just mean-spirited. They're mean people, and they'll use our conversation right now as an excuse to be mean. Yes. And so don't yeah. do that. That's, that's why it's so important that we you don't just want to blow people up. Right. No, and just no. and hurt them because the right truth at the wrong time can be so destructive. That's and where if you think about your in. own spiritual walk, the Lord didn't lay it all on you on day one. He takes you day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment, and he just and he brings you a little bit closer to himself through you know, sometimes he's behind you pushing. Sometimes he's in front of you pulling. Sometimes he's like smacking you on the leg to, you know, to inspire you to move a little faster. Sometimes he's pulling the bit left or pulling the bit right. And sometimes he's letting you slide a little bit backwards so you can go, oh, wow, I'm, I'm losing ground. But the, the Lord's always working with us. And so we want to have that same heart towards people. You want to make sure that when you confront or when you, you know, or when you oppose, that you're doing it in the love of the Lord with gentleness and respect, as Paul tells Timothy, right? We want to be able to confront it with gentleness and respect, with love, with kindness, with compassion. Asking That's yourself why you're doing it, because 
if you're not in a place where you can do that without sinning, that's okay because God can bring and will bring somebody else to do that, right? Because mm-hmm. remember, we talked about last week the importance of what God is doing in you. And sometimes in those moments, God is trying to grow you by showing you, hey, you have a real weak spot in this area. You're struggling with a character flaw here where you enjoy confronting people. You enjoy reminding people of the things that they're doing wrong. And that's sinful. And that, again, goes back to principles versus laws, the issue of discernment, the issue of personal conviction. And so that's why we have to be completely rooted in the truth, which is God's word. And we have to be in a constant connection with him so that we can be in tune with the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the discernment from the Holy Spirit, so that we can know what's true and not true. Where are we deceiving ourselves? Where have we allowed ourselves to be deceived by others? Well, let's, let's, you're right. And, and let's take a moment and, and uh, talk a little bit about deceptions and, their, and, and, and lies that have the purpose of leading us away from the Lord. We okay. can start in the garden with that first, that first question. Did God really say? Did God really say, right? And so, and people that, are still asking themselves that to this day. Yeah, and something that I, I, you know, if I want to throw a little credit to Maddie, I haven't heard anybody else say this. We were looking at a lot of the errors in the church today, and a lot of the false doctrines and heretical things we see, and some of the crazy stuff we're seeing coming out of some pulpits. Not a lot, but some enough. And if you're on YouTube long enough, you'll come across it. And, yeah, you will. And. We were like, and we were, and we were talking about that, and and I said, well, I think I, I see at this point here when the church changed in this way, we can start seeing where things went off the rails. And Maddie said, I don't think that's it. I think it's when people start saying, Did God really say that? Did God really mean that? Does the Bible really say that? Does the Bible really mean that? And that's where we get into trouble, and that's where our heresies come from. And I think Satan is constantly using that question to challenge our faith. He uses, and he has millions and millions, billions of people yeah. that are that are working on his team on his behalf, who are asking knowingly those questions. Knowingly or unknowingly. <laughs> uh-huh. And then you know, so so that's something that we should be aware of is the fact that when we hear that, did God really say? Does the Bible really say? You know, make. Make sure you're going into the Bible and seeing what does it really say, because when they start, people start challenging what the Bible said and quit getting you to question it and start questioning things that you know are true, mm-hmm. you get in big trouble that way. When the Bible is abundantly clear about something, right. just like how God was abundantly clear and explicit in his instructions to Adam and Eve, right, and then we begin to question that, that's where the problem comes in. And when we begin to question the Bible itself, because that was really what I had noticed was that all of these problems in our churches really began to happen. And I say church in the the big C, you know, church as a whole sense here is when we went from inerrancy, you can look that up, but we have talked about that on the podcast before. When we took the inerrancy out of scripture, when we said, okay, well, the Bible is mostly true, but there's some stuff in there that's not all the way true, and it's really up for a lot of interpretation. They were primitive people. They had, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas inerrancy, which is what we hold to on this podcast and what all Christians should hold to, is the idea that the Bible 
is true in everything right. that it says, that right. it is without fault, that it is perfect, right? Right, And so it is the word of God and there is nothing in there that shouldn't be in there. Right. Right. And so all that being said, if that's a lie that we can tell ourselves and a lie that we can have pulled to us is, well, the Bible's kind of been misconstrued and yeah, it's been changed a lot over the years and it does, you know, God doesn't really care if you do or don't do this or, uh, you know. Here's the one that's most prevalent right now. And I think right in our culture right now. And it's the one that's, it's Satan speaking his native tongue as the Bible describes it. These, these kinds of lies. Lies, yeah. He's the father of lies. His native tongue is lies. We experience this with the persecuted church in communist nations. We experience this with the persecuted church in Islamic nations and then just in the world at large. And that's these things that are said where they say one thing but mean another. Yep. And so a couple of examples are, I remember I was speaking to a missionary, and this would have been, oh boy, I mean, 25 years ago, maybe, no, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe 26 years ago. And she was over in Afghanistan as a missionary, and she was talking about the Taliban, and there was a woman who had converted. And she, some one of the men from the Taliban killed her for converting to Christianity, and he lit her on fire. And so there was a trial, there were witnesses, and they went to the trial. And at the trial, he said, I didn't kill the woman, the fire killed her. And so he was exonerated. Wow. So those are those those kinds of technicalities. When we take but when we go into the the persecuted church and we challenge them and say, Your constitution or your doc, your government says that Bibles are legal, that they're allowed. And and they'll say, Yes, that's true. They're legal, but they're not permitted. Something to that effect. Yeah, And it's those kinds of plays on words, those kinds of re- redefining words that brings that spirit of confusion, which is not of the Lord, and which can really shake the ground that we're on. And I think the harder way, the, the way, of, the way of, of faith is to make sure that we are so firmly rooted in Christ through prayer, through worship, through the reading of the word, through meditating on God's word, through just opening our hearts up to God as we're out in, in the world and nature and in the wondrousness of his creation, opening ourselves up to Jesus and community, and doing those things and rooting ourselves in that way will give us a firm foundation so that when those winds of deception blow and they're blowing heavy right now, we'll not be swayed by them. We'll, we'll, we'll know the truth and we'll be solid in that. That's a great point. Then that really is our best and truest hope in these situations. Mm-hmm. And if we want to be able to combat lies, we have to know what is true. We do. And we have to know who. Yes. Yeah, who is true? Who is true? Because truth isn't a what, it's a who. Oh, that's that's there fresh. That's fresh bread. That's quotable. You can you can take that one. You know, and the final thing I want to talk about real quick is I mentioned it last week. I want to mention it again. We got a courier update coming out. It'll be coming out. If you're not if you're not getting it, you're gonna to want to get this one. I'm talking about lies. And and I'm talking about the fact that uh, people say if Christianity was made a felony, that they would not deny their faith. And, and I you're think saying that's a lie. We tell, we, ourselves, we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better that many of us aren't in a place where we would be able to stand strong in our faith and stay 
as Christians if we were met with persecution. Yeah, yeah. So in fact, I'm actually, as part of my uh, doctoral program, I made a flowchart that shows the process of when re religious restriction comes, how we respond to it. It has a tremendous impact on what happens to us. If we respond by compliance, nothing happens. We don't grow spiritually, and we actually start growing away from God. If we respond to religious restriction by noncompliance, we usually get hit hard. That's when the persecution comes. It's restriction comes from the authority. We choose whether we comply or we don't comply. Then the then the re, then the persecution comes trying to deter us. Some people jump ship and and go the other way at that point. But if you stay stay the course and you just keep following the Lord despite the restrictions and despite the persecution, what happens is you kind of get into a feedback loop and you grow spiritually. That's why we see in the persecuted church, the church seems so strong. Yeah. And it's so powerful. It's because they've been going through that feedback they've been loop. In that feedback, they've been in that feedback loop, and they're just growing and growing spiritually. And they get to a point to where they're like, hey, you better renounce Christ or we're going to cut off your toes. And they're just like, I can't. Yeah. So clearly, that is something that you are definitely going to want to read. Right. And so you should go, if you have not already, to our description notes for this episode. You can go ahead and click the link and get yourself signed up for the courier update and you will receive that letter to your mailbox in March. And then you will continue to get some great updates every single month to your mailbox about what is going on in the world today, in the persecuted church, because there are things that we just choose not to share here on the podcast for mm -hmm. the safety of our contacts in other countries, just to be the best stewards of their privacy and safety that we can. Right. So definitely get signed up for the career update if you have not already. And you can just go to atlasbible.org forward slash BCI, and there will be a link on that page that you can click on. Perfect. And and you can, to get the, to get this podcast, if you're, if you get, if somebody sent this to you to get, to get the uh, career update. And then also if you want to support Bible delivery, you can do that there as well. And a cool thing, Cool thing. We like cool things. Cool thing is we're super happy that you listen to the podcast. We're grateful for you. And we pray that us uh, sharing these truths with you and giving you this little insight into the harder way and these things that, that have been developed in us through the scriptures, through time with the persecuted church, through time with those who've gone before us to the persecuted church. Uh, we pray that it's been a, a bit of delivering love from mm -hmm. us to you. Yes. God bless you guys. And we will catch you back here next Friday. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Harder Way podcast. If you were encouraged by this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review. To be the first to know when we publish new episodes, subscribe to the Harder Way podcast on your favorite platform. Until next time, remember the words of Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.